welcome to Up Close and Virtual with me, Katie Tew. In each episode, I'll be joined by a guest where we'll be chatting about our experience of starting and running a business, the lessons that we've learned along the way. We'll be sharing our top tips and, of course, best practice. Expect to be entertained, enlightened and empowered. Happy listening. I am delighted to welcome Holly Copsey to the show this week, founder of Virtually Priceless, quite frankly, the best virtual assistant business name that I think I've come across to date. She's a business support specialist taking executives from overwhelm to organized with her team of corporate EAs. Holly launched Virtually Priceless following a successful career in the city, where she was the right-hand woman to senior leaders in the financial services industry. That's a high-pressure environment as well to be an EA, so I, I know exactly where she's come from. She now supports clients as a virtual business manager and leads a team of exceptionally high-quality virtual assistants who support her executives in a wide range of roles. Holly, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show, and I am so looking forward to hearing all about your transition from EA to VA business owner. Let's start with you telling our listeners a little bit about your background and where and how you've got to where you are now. Oh, thank you so much for the lovely welcome. It's lovely to be okay. here to finally get to chat with you. Um, so yeah, I have been running my VA business for the last five years, but prior to that, I had a 10-year career in the city. And prior to that, I had about seven or eight years working actually locally in Essex, where I live. Uh, my reason for that being that I was very heavily involved in horse riding in my younger years. Oh, and wow. I didn't want to venture into the city because yes. I was, you know, up at the stables at five o'clock in the morning and doing a lot of um, you know, part time work and things around my full time role to fund the riding. Um, yeah, but as, as life goes on and yeah. things change and, um, you know, you get mortgages and adult responsibilities and things, my horse ended up retiring and it was just kind of time for a change. I'd reached the top of the pay band for my you know, local job. And it just happened that a friend of a friend mentioned they knew someone that were recruiting. They were really struggling to you know, fill this role. It was a really senior position at Lloyd's. And they offered to share my CV, put me forward for the role, and I went up for the interview. Um, and I think the thing that got it for me was that I offered on the spot to do a typing test. They were saying they'd really struggled to get someone that could actually walk the walk, having talked the talk, and I just pulled up a chair, sat at their desk, went on, you know, typingtest.com and smashed out my 70 words a minute, and they were quite happy. So that all went really well, and that was just an amazing opportunity for me. I was actually working for the chairman of Lloyds Bank, and he had his own EA, but I was then her assistant, so I was the number hey. two. Yeah, um, in a fantastic place to learn. It was amazing. Two weeks after starting, and bearing in mind it was my first city role, so I was, you know, it was quite quite different. Around eye it. opener, yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, but she went on jury service two weeks later, so I actually got to step up and be his EA um, for that period, and it was a real kind of sink or swim moment for me. I think 
Um, and yeah, it was a fabulous role, very, very fast paced. I was actually there at the time the HBOS deal was going on and okay. so I had this huge transition. So it was a very exciting period, but um, ultimately the chairman ended up stepping down and retiring partway through that. So I was only actually at Lloyd's for about a year, but it really just opened my eyes to how the world worked. Um, yeah, in terms of the you know, corporate financial services. And then again, through your know, network, I had my CV put in for a role working at Barclays um, for the CEO of Barclay Card. Yeah. So I applied for that role, got that role. And um, yeah, I ended up having a sort of, yeah, 10 year career at Barclays. Wow. Wow. So and, and I have to say, I really commend you for that, because long term EAs in financial services are very few and far between. Mm-hmm. We tended to move a lot. I mean, I I worked um, for Republic National Bank of New York that then became part of HSBC in the private client side. Um, and we were always really conscious of how quickly we got through our support staff. And it was a role that was very, it was real sink or swim. You either made it or you didn't. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people didn't because it was very high pressure. It was really long hours. We worked ridiculously hard did you remember that the bank oh, I mean, yeah absolutely but I mean at that stage in my life I you know I'd so I moved away from the riding I was looking for something new to completely immerse myself in and I was just I think in awe of it at that time you know it was such a new experience for me and I hadn't gone through the ranks of doing kind of the team PA role and then a couple of directors I'd kind of gone straight in at the top working for someone very very senior so it was a real eye-opener but I mean, I have just learned so much from the people I've supported. You know, I've I've always wanted to run my own business, you know, watching how a CEO operates, the way they manage their team, the bizarre situations they have to manage and deal with. You know, I just found it absolutely fascinating. And it really was a case of no two days are ever the same. Um, and you can make a real difference to someone's life and you do become, you know, so relied upon and you build a great relationship with their team. You know, the the ex- executive committee at Barclays, they were absolutely fabulous. And also then your you know, EA network within that business, because you're the only ones that understand what's going on and how it that works. going on around you. I couldn't agree. Yeah. Now, it's a very, very male dominated environment. Um, and unfortunately, to this day, still kind of is. How did you find working in that environment? I actually found it okay. I mean, I was I was very lucky for a number of years to work with this. One of the CEOs I worked for was female. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was great to have a female leader in that position. And she had quite a male dominated team. So I very much got to learn from the best. Yes. Um, yeah. I guess I, I never experienced any difficulties with it as such. I am, you know, I am my own quite strong yeah. character, you know, so I didn't ever find it challenging to deal with men in particular. I think actually just some of the individuals, male or female in banking can be quite tough tough um I certainly worked with some very formidable characters in that time mm-hmm. um yeah I think you know uh, some people do struggle with that but personally for me I was quite lucky and didn't have too many challenges in that area very unusual to have been working with a, a, a female in a very senior role as well mm-hmm. it must have been quite inspiring was it oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah I can imagine um when did you know it was kind of the right time to make that transition from EA to VA because you know you're sitting at the top of your game you know you're really probably able to go anywhere with the CV that you would have had what was the sort of light bulb moment yeah there wasn't one I 
yeah yeah I'd always wanted to run my own business ever since I was you know very young I think it's always something I saw myself doing and I think as I progressed through my EA career I still kept thinking about that but it was always with that view of what else do I have to retrain to do what you know I I kept thinking I'd have to go back and start at stage one to do something else Um, I actually did a part-time business studies degree while I was working at Barclays because I really just wanted to make sure I had the right kind of skills to work across the whole business and I did explore the option of working for different roles within Barclays and that was certainly something that was you know going to be possible but I I think it was just one of those, you know, random Googling, you know, different careers, switching careers, things you could potentially do at home, you know, later in life with a family. Um, And I wasn't at that stage of having a family yet. But when I stumbled across the idea of the BA thing, it was suddenly that light bulb moment of, oh, I could actually, you know, combine the two. (laughs) I can do something I love, something I'm great at. I've got all these amazing skills and experience, but I can also run my own business. Um, did you go cold turkey did you do the sort of resignation start my business or did you do the sort of classic little bit of side hustling going on how how did you manage that yeah so the side hustle just wouldn't have been possible with the role I was doing and you know I would have had to declare it to to Barclays and the type of role I do and the type of clients I got now they would have absolutely been a conflict of interest so I very much had in the back of my mind that's what I wanted to do in the long term and started doing a bit of research on the side but the real um yeah the the thing that made it change for me was when I had a family so I had my daughter and went back to work when she was six months old and then I realized the commute and that way of life just wasn't going to work for me um, because I am the kind of person that wants to give my you know, 100% to the role. And you, it's really tough to do that and not put in the hours. Um, so for me, it was, and also particularly, I think, around the school holidays, you know, it's great when you've got nursery and it's 52 weeks a year, but the school holidays is a whole different you know, ball game. So when I went back to work with her at six months, I decided that by the time she started school at age four, that I would have made that transition. And actually, as things worked out, I was always hoping I'd have a second child while I worked there and I you know, got maternity leave. Um, and at the same time, my second CEO, um, who sort of came in after I'd gone back from the first mat leave, he decided he was going to take retirement. So it actually tied in very well with me very early finding out I was pregnant. And then I managed to tie in my going off maternity leave with him stepping down. So I was actually very fortunate about um, the way it worked out and um, Barclays you know I have to say they took great care of me they really did the right thing and I got to have my maternity leave and then my gardening leave before I took redundancy so I was really fortunate to have that cushion of a little bit of redundancy yeah. money behind me so I could start my business mm. um, yeah so I actually ended up launching my BA business when my son was nine months old so I did all my prep and planning while I was you know at home with the baby and then was ready to yeah to move on and start that. Bless you. You are very lucky. I mean, I I would, I, I'm exceptionally lucky, I would say, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a lot of people don't find themselves in, you know, quite such a stars aligned situation. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you were very lucky, but you obviously had a plan anyway. So I did, even... yeah, and there was a slight spanner in the works because I actually separated from my husband while I was pregnant. So and kind of I set up the business in the throes of going through um yeah some difficult personal times 
Um, but it actually just spurred me on. Um, you know, it was an absolute no-brainer that I just had to go ahead and do it. And it, you know, it had to work out and be a success yes. because going back to the city at that point wasn't an option. No. <laughs> and actually, that was probably a, an additional motivator and energizer for you Absolutely. to make a success because it was totally down to you and there yeah. were extenuating circumstances that made you have to make it work. Yeah. Um, you know, which is, you know, there, there's nothing like a bit of motivation that comes from yeah. an outside influence. Like yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it was it was yeah. never going to be a sort of part time thing for me. It was very much like this has to be my career now. And as I say, I, I love what I do. I love the work that we do with our clients. But I also need the flexibility of family life. And I still work like slightly crazy hours. But it suits me. That's the thing, you know, and it really is about building a business that fits you and your life. And yeah. In terms of that transition then from EA to VA, I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you had a stars stars aligned moment, but could you reflect and give the listeners perhaps one piece of advice that you would really sort of help them make that transition? Yeah, I think there's you know, so much that you can prepare in advance. You need to do your homework and think about how you want to set up your business, how it all works, you know, make sure you're running a really professional business and that you actually, you know, plan out how you want it to run. Um, And I think the biggest thing to overcome is your mindset. I think the more work that you can do on that, the self-development, the being self-aware, because it is not an easy ride. You know, you don't just jump from employment and suddenly you've got all these clients and all this work coming out after years it can be a real roller coaster and it's quite scary when you don't know when the next paycheck is coming from um and you you have to be okay with that you know you've got to know what you're letting yourself in for and just do as much research as possible you know there's so many fabulous you know resources out there now whether it's blogs whether it's podcasts like this one you know and just listen to all these interviews and absorb all the different ways in which people run their business and the challenges they've faced to really make sure you're going into it with your eyes wide open. I think that's really, really great advice. I think eyes wide open, absolutely. I think be prepared to roll up your sleeves and work really hard. And also believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. I think, and you probably experience an awful lot with your associates. I find that we've got we're obviously female dominated anyway because of the nature of the role that that we have but I do find that an awful lot of us really suffer with that lack of self-belief oh absolutely do you know when I interview for my um employee roles I'm giving the game away now for for Kenny Morgan (laughs) but um it's you know one of the questions I asked them is about tell me what you know why should I employ you what is it that makes you a standout candidate And it's the question people struggle with the most. And it makes me really sad. (laughs) You know, tell me why you're fabulous. And I know they are because they've just given an awesome interview or done a great application, but they really struggle to say, I'm fantastic because of this, this and this. And this is what I bring to the table. I think that's the thing is just you've got to believe in yourself because you're the the sales and marketing department of your business. And if you don't believe in yourself, you're going to really struggle to put yourself out out there and actually I think you're right listen to the podcast because there are loads of lovely people on there who do some specifically very channeling motivation mindset stuff so Mm -hmm. there are are plenty of people out there as well who are there that can really help yeah and do a very good job at helping (laughs) when did you know that it was time then to sort of go from just you which you were and 
pedaling away, proverbial swan, you know, yeah. legs going to getting associates to join you was there you know sort of crisis moment what was the sort of trigger for kind of going down the expansion route yeah so I had my first associate I think it's probably about six or eight months after I started the business but it was a very you know small amount of hours it was a bit ad hoc it was you know just doing a little bit on the side for me Mm -hmm. Um, and I think by the second year I probably had one or two people that year that were doing some client work as well Um, the real change for me came about during COVID. So when we hit lockdown in March 2020 and my business was just coming up, I think, for, yeah, two years old at that point, um, I had two very young children at home. And as I mentioned, I was on my own with them. Um, But yeah, two and five, my daughter had just started school and I suddenly found myself homeschooling. But I was also already doing 35 to 40 billable hours a week of client work. And the two were just not compatible. And it was a real moment of actually something's got to change. I also had one of my associates at the time had to step down from their role because their personal circumstances changed because of COVID. And I suddenly also had their work to pick up as well. And yeah, it was it was a lot. So it was it was one of those moments where it's like, actually, this model is not going to work as it is. Something's got to give. So um, that was the time I decided to step back from a couple of the client roles that I did and have those you know, difficult conversations with them, which actually is far worse in your head than it is you know, in reality. Um, but I did that. And that was a real turning point. I think the business tripled in size within a year um, and it really set the tone for the structure I wanted going forward. Yeah, had you already planned in your own head based on the sort of experience that you'd had using sort of limited um, associates? Did, did you instantly know how you were going to bring the associates in or did you just let that happen organically? How, how did you sort of get to that point where you had the I's dotted, the T's crossed and you knew it was going to work? Um, I think it was, yeah, I, mean, I think I'd seen it work really well with the first couple of associates I'd had. Yeah. Um, I think once you get people of the right caliber and, you know, yeah. I think it's also being prepared to look at them and go, wow, they're better than me. Like, I actually, I love that now, finding people that are just so awesome. And they do exist. They are out there. And it's being you know, a big enough person to go, actually, here's someone that's going to do a better job I am at this and, you know, find the specialist. And I love my role now as a matchmaker. Like, that's that's my, you know, <laughs> that's my skill now is finding the right team member, really managing to, you know, establish exactly what the client wants and needs. And when you get the combination right, it's so exciting. Magic. Yeah, Yeah, really. And do you still take on any work yourself? Do you still deliver any VA services or do you use associates across the board now? So the majority is the team. I actually only work with one client directly at the moment and it's quite a small number of hours a month. And it's uh, a client that we have several members of the team on and I'm effectively in the business manager role. um, And I do a little bit of specialist work for them and then the rest of the team do the majority of the EA support the marketing support um that sort of thing so I only do about 30 client hours a month at the moment that's um, nice though because you're still keeping your hand in which is a really lovely thing I always think there's mm-hmm. that awful thing of you you know you can't really put yourself out there unless you're still dipping your toe in what you're actually doing oh, on the I'm really close to detail and I will step in and cover if I have to. There's a couple of roles when those people are off that they're a bit more specialist and it's just easier for me to step in and pick it up. It has definitely got harder as the business has grown. You know, I do have to focus my time and energy on a number of other things now. Um, But it is really nice to still have those relationships for sure. 
bless. That was really lovely to hear. <laughs> and I think the other thing that the listeners will be really interested to hear about is the sort of being a VA and working with, you know, really high level executives what's the sort of magic ingredient that makes those relationships successful? What's the thing that they've really got to work on to make a real success of those relationships? I think the thing that we do particularly well, and I'm very open about with clients when we take them on, we very much manage upwards. You know, you might work for your executive, but actually you're their boss, right? It's down to you to manage them, manage their lives. You know, we really see ourselves as strategic partners. We're not just there to tick things off the list that someone is delegating and getting a job done. You know, we love calling them out and stuff, suggesting new ways of doing things. Um, And the people that we work with are really open to that and they really appreciate the value that we will bring from our roles because we've all got so much experience. You know, we were doing these roles for these high level execs for years and years. You get to see and hear everything. And actually, then with the clients we're working with now, we still get to help share that advice and they learn from the things that we've been through as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's that cyclical learning, isn't it? Yeah. So it really is about the relationship that you build with them. And so that's why it's so important to get that relationship right for me. If I can find someone, you know, that talks about, you know, they want someone to help them manage the show and run things and you really are being that second brain for them. You need someone that's on the right wavelength and that gets them and how they work and is it offended because they're a bit short or they're the kind of person that just wants to plow for everything. Some of the others are really chatty and they want someone who's a bit more warm and fuzzy and will talk about their weekend. You know, it's it's really important to get that right. Um, yeah, it's been a bad yeah, for us. And how are you finding the sort of, you know, a, an awful lot of businesses now are looking more and more to the kind of digitization and automation of some of that admin stuff. Do you come across that very much? And how do you find managing that? Yeah, I don't think it's really impacted our work. It certainly hasn't reduced the need. I think no. it's just making sure that we stay open to learning about all these things and think about where we can use it in our work. You know, how can we enhance things in the business? Um, One of the things we're looking at in our own business at the moment is where we can improve automation and cut out some of the steps, you know, and just having that lens of, you know, how can we make this process smoother? Where can we save some time? And we can pass that same advice on to our clients, you know, and if they see us really offering that value and saving time on one thing, actually that's more time they can use us for something else where you can't necessarily use AI or automation. So I think it's just, you know, it is coming. Absolutely. It's working with it and using it to your advantage rather than it being something you're scared of. Yeah, I think that's right. And actually just embrace it because ultimately somebody's still got to run it. Absolutely. Um, the likelihood is that the person who's going to be running it is the uh, the EA, the VA, the PA, whatever. So in <laughs> sure. and if you're there helping set up those systems and putting those things in place to start with, you're the person they're going to turn to whenever they need anything else doing. Tell us a bit about the team. Tell us a little bit about the sort of VAs and their background that, that mm-hmm. make up your associates. I mean, our team are the heart and soul of our business. Without them, I wouldn't have a business. Um, They, yeah, they're fantastic. We're incredibly lucky to have a a really super um, team of people. We actually have a slightly different model from a lot of VA businesses that we have uh, associates who are subcontractors, but we also have employees as well. That's something I've started increasing over the last year. Um, The goal, I think, is to get to about half and half. We're not quite there yet, but that has been a real game changer for our business Mm-hmm. Um, it's lovely to have that team of people who, you know, the employed team, our core team, as we call them, who really want to help 
build the business and take responsibility for different areas of the business and to help you know feed into the strategy and really look at where we're going and what we do and how we you know, expand our offering um but then the associates as well you know they also have a great part to play you know they come in do some fantastic work yes they might have their own clients as well yeah. but also just enhances the team they're bringing other skills they're bringing more experience all the time um, and I think the thing that's really lovely is the community they've built amongst themselves. So we use Slack. We've got lots of active Slack channels. But, you know, even though our team, you know, they work on different clients, we have some that are team roles, but they all just interact with each other all the time and they really use each other as a pool of resources. You know, yeah. does anyone, anyone recommend, a, you know, a, a hotel in, you know, in yes. the centre of London or I've got an exec going off to Bristol does anyone know that there's always someone that knows something and they really kind of use each other's little black books in that that's sense. lovely and that so echoes my experience of the whole VA community you know mm. I just, just find that we are I mean unbelievably supportive you know it's it's women at their absolute best and being the most supportive I I and I love that that's reflected in oh. the crisis too regardless of as you say if you're employed or yeah. you're working as an associate on a freelance basis yeah, that's really sure. neat to hear yeah and the associates they quite often come to me for advice about their own business they'll say I've got this situation you know and they know that I've probably been through it given <laughs> you know, the, the time that we've been running and the things we've had to handle um so it's really great to be able to do that some of them are quite open about the fact they're coming into that associate role to learn how to do it so they're actually also going to be a competitor yeah but I'm fine with that like you know there's, there's enough work there for all of us. I really believe that, you know, that we're very good at sharing roles amongst us. If we yeah. get a role come in for below 20 hours a month, I put that straight out to the team. I don't take the smaller roles on anymore. Um, and likewise, we've had them bring some bigger roles where they can't resource it or don't want to resource it themselves. And they said, actually, I'll introduce you to someone. So we offer a referral scheme for the team members, bringing other team members on and also referring client work, because I think it's really important to reward people for that as well. Definitely. Yeah, and that's such a motivator. And in terms of actually running the business, Holly, for you day to day, do you have anybody who helps you kind of with that strategy thing, looking at the finances, looking at the P&L? Do you actually have somebody who supports you driving the business forward? Yeah, so we've got a team of people doing that now, um, which is, again, one of the reasons I wanted this sort of core team of employees that we have got people that are much more focused on the business because it is the size now where I can't handle it all myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's still a mixture you know, of people that are working on a contract basis and people that are employed. Our finance, finance manager, um, you know, she's a, a subcontractor. She just has does that work for us, but she does all our invoicing um you know for clients she also deals with all the invoicing coming in and then helps me do the management accounts as well um I have my own VA who helps do a lot of the HR admin behind the scenes just making sure the team runs because we've got about 30 on the team now um but I've also got two very senior employees one who's actually just started with us and heads up our client services and another one who's our head of people and now manages a lot more of running the team basically um, so we're definitely building that out and changing that structure over the last, I think it's only really been the last six to eight months that we've yeah. got to yeah. a bit more. Um, but it's making a, a huge difference to the way I it is. And I can see, you know, that the challenges of running a business is you grow like that mm-hmm. and you start employing people. You really have got to be all over the figure. Yeah. 
You've also got to be all over, you know, running your PAYE and, you know, all your payroll schemes and your pensions and all those sort of things. So I can completely understand why it's grown so dramatically and the requirements to do so. From your point of view, then, where do you see the business in five years time? World domination. Yes. <laughs> Can I come and work with you when I've had enough of doing my own? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we're really excited about the future. One of the yeah, things we've been doing the last few months is we've brought this core team in. We've actually had a couple of team offsites now where we do literally spend the whole day sitting there talking about who we want to be, what do we want the business to look like, where do we want to go? And that was really nerve-wracking for me because I've obviously been on the other side of so many of these meetings yes. in the world. Yeah. I've supported very senior people running that kind of thing. And for me, actually standing up there doing it and you know, inspiring a team was very, very nerve-wracking. But actually, it's, you know, it's just great to see how enthusiastic they are. And I suggest a few things that I've thought maybe we should do. And they're just like, all of it, let's do it. How do we make it happen? let's you know, make a plan and yeah. it's we're not prioritizing we're doing the whole thing yeah yeah exactly but so it's really great and I found that really motivating for me because it is yeah. some, it's hard sometimes to keep picking yourself up and carrying on and thinking what next so that's been really really inspiring I just I love what we've created I, you know as you said I love that it's women you know supporting other women and that they all want to be part of something great and the team that we work with you know they're all incredibly career focused but they also have a family and they want some flexibility and I love the fact that we can we can give them both of those things yeah no I it sounds amazing and I think you're doing a brilliant job but I think you are a very good leader I think you probably inspire an awful lot of um kind of support because of the way that you are I think you know people will naturally follow and become your cheerleader I can totally <laughs> see how I hope so <laughs> yeah I can totally see that I'm definitely applying for the next um, <laughs> idea. Yeah, and I think it's when you've got genuine passion and enthusiasm for what you do. And I just, I love going to work every day. Of course, there are days that are challenges. You know, the minute you're managing people and running a team, as fabulous as they are, there are also, you know, you know difficult situations to deal with as well. But yeah, I love, I love the work that we do and I love the people we get to work with and it makes a big difference to, to getting out of bed every day. And yeah. Have you ever had to sort of seek a coach or a mentor to sort of help you through managing this process and the change and development that you put into the business? Oh, definitely. I mean, I started, I'm going to say, I studied while I was um, at Barclays. You know, I, I've been a big, a big believer in self-development and just continuous learning. Um, from the minute I set up my VA business, I mean, I, I did a VA course as part of that setup. So it helped me work through the steps more quickly and gave me the structure Within a couple of months of starting my business, I was actually quite overwhelmed at how quickly the work came in and how to manage it all. So I actually booked and paid for a whole strategy day with a VA coach and we literally sat down and mapped out how I was going to do everything. Brilliant. and yeah, you know, these things, they're, they're expensive, but they're just such worthwhile investments. And then I think a couple of years into the business, once things, as I say, when things really changed during COVID and we changed the model, um, I then actually started working with a, a another business coach. Um, and that, I mean, that was just phenomenal. It really, yeah, just my mindset completely changed. I definitely had a different approach to running a business. And I'm actually still working through the implementation of a number of the things we discussed then because it was so kind of, you know, you had to take massive basic change. Yeah, it was yeah. massive change. And actually, yes. it's left me really inspired. And I've got a really good idea about where we need to be, you know, how we get there. But I also, you know, I try to attend two or three conferences a year. 
um, of business in general, not specifically VA ones, although I do do no. some of them well. But I just think learning about business, you know, that's what we're doing, right? We're running a business. It doesn't have to be VA specific. Um, and I say, and I'm also working um, with an executive coach at the moment who's actually helping support me on my journey as a leader and how I manage that team because it's been a huge change for me. So big believer in, yeah. yeah and it is so valuable. I think what advice would you give to anybody who was looking to bring a coach or a mentor in to work with them what what would you advise them to be looking for um I think yeah you've got to find someone that you're a good fit with personality wise um I think you know you follow so many people online now it's finding someone that you think well, actually their content resonates with me I like their style I like what they're about um, and there's got to be enough value in the free content all that sort of thing they're giving away that you actually think yeah this is what my business needs and you might think oh I need someone to help me you know look at my pricing but actually what you need is help with your marketing or what you need is help with your mindset like all these things are so intertwined so it's, it's very rarely the thing that you think you've got a problem with it's usually about unpacking it and finding out where the real problem is and that you've got a money block or you know one of the first things they'll ask you is about your finances you know do you know the numbers inside out I'm always staggered at how many people I talk to that haven't got a clue you know you sit there and say so what's your profit margin and how much you know what's your net profit and your gross profit and they look at really really blankly and they're kind of scared to touch it and as long as they know what's coming in is more than going out they're happy it's like well what are your goals you know and people find that quite scary I love all that I love getting into the detail funny enough it's really funny you should say I love all of that too Mm -hmm. and I think the light bulb in loving all of that was when I invested in getting zero. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it just suddenly opened up this whole platform of finance that made things understandable to me. Yeah. Um, you know, and I would highly recommend anybody Absolutely. who is starting a business to really look at that because it just makes it all much more sensible and commonsensical. Definitely. Um, and all these accounting platforms, they have all this free training. You know, there's so much that you can access that you can pull the right reports. You know, it's and it is about cutting the numbers different ways sometimes and just really thinking, particularly when you've got a team and you have to look at things like chargeability and, you know, the cost per head and that sort of thing. But it is really important to know the numbers. I cannot, yeah, emphasize that. And, that, that. and it's that real time. It's yeah. no good knowing that you turned over five and a half grand last month yeah, because you spent 14 grand a <laughs> month. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, That's absolutely. <laughs> Holly, I knew you would be a really intuitively brilliant guest and you have totally lived up to that. Thank you so, so much for spending such a huge amount of your valuable time with me nattering away. You've been brilliant. All of your contact details will be in the show notes. So if anybody who is looking for either a virtual assistant or is looking for for some associate work or whatever can get in touch with you, then all of those details will be there. But it's been a real privilege. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, thank you so much. I've absolutely loved it. It's um, been really lovely chatting with you. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow me and my guests on our social channels. All the details will be in the show notes. And please get in touch if you have any questions or topics that you might like to have covered in the next episodes 
or even if you would like to be a guest yourself.